your beloved Mariners? No. Beloved Mariners from afar? Sure. Well, we'll start there with a dive right into this episode. Before we do the NFL, let's talk Major League Baseball. And this topsy-turvy season goes on. We'll start in the American League. Looking here at division leaders, the Orioles, they appear to be the real deal. Adley Rutschman is having his star turn here as the, what, second, rookie, second-year guy in the league? Technically the second year. Second year? Technically. Technically. And so the Orioles still leading the AL East with the Rays nipping at their heels. It's a two-horse race for those two. More on the Yankees later. The Minnesota Twins, Austin's true favorite team, uh, going to struggle to get to 80 wins, but nobody in the Central wants to get to 80 wins, so Minnesota's going to get in. We're going to be over 500. What are you talking about? We'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to at least 81. Wouldn't, wouldn't that just be the deal? And then Minnesota will get in and sweep the Rays and make a run to the pennant. And... Yeah. No, that's 100% what's going to happen, so I don't know why you hating. <laughs> name, name three Twins players that the average sports fan would know from this current team. Carlos Correa. There's one. Exactly. Byron Byron Buxton. <laughs> if you're checking injury reports. Byron Buxton. And uh, Johan Duran. You would have been closer with Louisa Rice. He doesn't play for the Twins. <laughs> he still would have been closer. <laughs> so the Twins are in there. And then out West, this crazy, crazy season that it's been, the AL West. AL West sitting with three teams in the postseason, all within a game of each other. So we're at about 130 to 135 games played per team. How many games what? do we play in a ML? So most teams are 131 to 134. I know. Actually, I, the only reason I know that because I just looked at it like three hours ago. The, nice. the Twins are at 133 games. Good research, Eddie. What did we play? 160? 162. 162. So they're uh, up 29 games away from the the last game, I think, is... The very last day no. in September. Technically, the A's are the only team in the AL eliminated. No, the Royals are now eliminated now, as well. Oh, man. So we got That's... two teams in the AL eliminated. So, but getting, anyways, getting back to the West. The West is become, can I make the worst pun, the wild, wild West. The Mariners, who, sure. like, who like two months ago, you declared dead in the water. And here they are coming back. We thought the Rangers and the Astros were going to run away. And then... The Mariners have taken off catching up and surpassing the Rangers and the Astros. I, as much as I hate to, to ever, I'm not actually cheering for them. I just think if I had to put smart money down, I think the Astros get it. But now we've got the West looking at three teams in the postseason, and I don't think any of us saw that coming. Yeah, well, and again, I think that the Mariners were a little bit of a sleeping giant. We just had to, they just had to figure some things out. Uh, you know, they were able to just get hot at the right time. It does help that they play in a division where. Um, I didn't think that the Rangers were for real either. I think we kind of we talked about that a little bit. How we we didn't really believe in them. Yeah, if they were if they were if they were fool's gold, they're kind of what the deal is with that. Well, based off of what they've been able to do in the last month and a half or so, I'd say say it's just it's hard to believe in teams that haven't been there, done that before. And not to say the Mariners have, but they at least were in the playoffs last year and they mm -hmm. have a little bit of experience in that route. So um, the Mariners just kind of had to figure some stuff out. But you know, the Astros obviously. Uh, are a franchise that has been there before, but they have a lot of guys that don't necessarily have um, that weren't a part of all those teams, even though I guess they won the World Series recently. But, uh, you know, I just think that the Mariners were able to turn on there. They, the, the bats begin to get hot, but if you look at the numbers, they also have one of the top two, three pitching staffs in the league, which is kind of something that we had talked about earlier in the season, where is it, are the, is it 
bullpen going to be able to figure it out? Can their starting pitchers do what they need to do? Um, and so, you know, pitching wins games, pitching wins championships. And at this rate, they've been able to uh, pitch their way into the first place, which has been a lot of fun to watch. So so if you're, if you're picking today with your heart or your wallet or your head, who wins the AL West? The Mariners do. Mariners do. So will you need to get to 90 wins to be a wild card team? And even 90 might not get it done. You probably, you know, and it just, it, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's how it works, but um, I would imagine so. I mean, you look at how, who's going to be in the wild card. Um, so we feel pretty good that Tampa and Baltimore are sitting pretty Minnesota in because of the dearth of the AL central. And then you've got those three teams, the Rangers, the Astros and the Mariners. Those are going to gobble up those spots. And where this really hurts is for you and I, our beloved Toronto Blue Jays just cannot get it together. We'll have hot moments, cool off, 5-5 five and five in their last 10 as we're recording. Our beloved Blue Jays are going to be on the outside looking in if they don't get hot here, a la Chicago Cubs style. Yeah, and it's hard to, you know, it's hard to determine kind of what their deal is. You know, is it youth? Is it kind of what we talked about earlier with it's just the inexperience? Um, the lack of, because even when they're in the playoffs last year, I think we all remember watching the Mariners come back and beat them. I, I don't know if they were down six, seven, eight runs, whatever that, whatever the, whatever it was. Um, and so it's hard to kind of say what their issue is right now. Obviously, you got to stay healthy. That's that's number one. But um, you know they have two young budding stars, but the Angels have had two young stars for a long time as well, and they don't make it to the playoffs. So could be a, a franchise issue. could be a team issue. could be a chemistry issue. There's a handful of different reasons why, but, um, you know, you hope that they can figure it out. But right now, it doesn't look like they're going to make any push towards going to the playoffs in the last month. Don't don't say that to me. Crushing my spirit. Yeah, well, I just, I don't know. What am I supposed to say? Hey, yeah, the Blue Jays are about to win 30 straight. Yes, they're going to do that. The one example that I have of like the Rockies in 2007 who won like 20 straight and then made that run to the World Series. Didn't the Cardinals do that a couple years ago too? Was that just like two years ago? The Cardinals got crazy hot and won like 20 yeah. out of 25 or 25 straight they or something? They won something wild. I think the last month they won like 15 or 20 straight. All of a sudden just like just went from 10 down to like the number one wild card scene. It was weird. Yeah. So looking at some more – and like you mentioned, it is mostly new teams. You take the Astros out of the equation – you have the the Twins, the Orioles, the Mariners, the Rangers, all these teams that have not been in in quite a while. You have to go back to the Rays as the only other team in 2020. They dethroned the Astros. But we've got so much new blood in here. You take take the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Astros out of the equation. That's basically your last eight years of ALCS. Yeah, and I think it's good for the good for the sport of baseball to to see some shift change a little bit, you know, you don't want to have the same good players, the same good teams in there all the time. It, it expands the markets and baseball for a long time and still will be is known as a large market sport. You know, the Yankees, uh, Dodgers, Chicago, you know, the large markets, the one, the markets that can afford to spend money on bigger players. They're just naturally gonna, gonna be the teams that are better. So the Minnesotas of the world, the Tampa Bay's of the world, you know, a lot of those franchises kind of get lost a little bit just because they naturally just because of the market that they that they live in. And so it's fun to see the Baltimores and Tampa Bays. And, you know, I, I guess I'm biased towards Minnesota a little bit, not to say that they're a great team, but it's fun to get that's fun for those teams to be in first place and to win because it, it expands what baseball is and it expands baseball over the country and just can create more of a fan base is if we can uh, talk Tampa Bay into uh, building a, a, a better uh <laughs> 
facility, then in, we might have, we might be somewhere. But in Nashville, in Portland, in San Antonio, in, in Salt Lake City, somewhere. Yeah, just somewhere. But <laughs> didn't they split time one year with like was half and the, half? Was that the COVID year? I don't think that was COVID. What, was that the Rays or was that the Blue Jays? Because didn't the Blue Jays oh, like not, wasn't it COVID? Yeah, the Blue Jays had no, to like play half in that was the Blue because Jays. they with COVID and travel and borders that that might be it. But I thought that was another. Oh no, I don't know. that sounds that sounds more likely than the Rays. But either way, I you know it's it's cool to see Baltimore be good and you know will they be will it be sustainable? You know I think Adley Rutschman is going to be a good a good set piece for them. But I it's hard to say what they're actually going to be over the long term. But for right now, it's fun to. It's fun to have that franchise be good again. So, you know, hopefully they can uh, keep it going and, and go through the playoffs and host a couple games and host a series and, and see what we can do. And while they're technically not out of it, we've got the Red Sox and the mighty, mighty Yankees there and the Guardians and the Angels all kind of just on the outside. Probably too much of a long shot to think any of those teams have a chance at the postseason right now. The Yankees, you have to wonder what they're going to do. They have not looked this bad in quite some time. Do you have a fire sale and get rid of everything, or is it just one odd year? I think it's maybe safe to say that Aaron Boone is done there. He's, I thought he had a good run, but you're coaching the biggest franchise in the sport. You don't really have a long leash for lack of success. Right, and you have to – a weird thing about being the Yankees manager is you know the uh, they have a different expectations on their franchise over any other franchise because they have 27 rings and so that looms large over anything that they that they want to do so you can't finish in last place in that division uh and think that you're going to ever have a job it just it's the way of the world and you know a lot of us sports fans we say we either, you either love the Yankees or they hate the Yankees so a lot of us are probably cheering and happy that the Yankees are in last place but Say if you're from the inside out, I think that you probably want a fire sale. You know, you're dealing with a lot of injuries, and uh, you have some really, really good players. But it doesn't matter if Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge and 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 they just released Josh Donaldson and and wow. and if you can't stay healthy, if you're right. old and crippled, crippled, and you just there's no reason for you to stick them around. So and that's kind of been their, their MO for a lot of years, but they do have a young core, a couple of young players. So we'll see if they choose to build around them for the next couple of years. Also, I would like to decree right now, Shohei's playing for the Dodgers next year. I probably said it before. I will say it again. I think, I think they're slowly shutting him down. Why risk doing anything more than you need to, to the guy angels aren't going anywhere. Let him save his body. Come back next year with the biggest contract in baseball history, crushing it for the Dodgers. Why the Dodgers? I think I think the West Coast matters to him. Staying on the West Coast, who's got the money and who's willing to spend the money. So why not the Mariners? Willing to spend the money. You don't think they'll spend the money on? What in his what in history did you to believe the Mariners will spend the money? Each real? On <laughs> when when they had the best <laughs> pitcher in baseball for a decade and put nothing around King Felix. They let A-Rod walk. Ichiro just kind of loved it. If anything, I think Ichiro may prove the point for L.A. because I think they've shown that, you know, I think Shohei seems to like the L.A. lifestyle. Maybe San Francisco could have a shot at him. But, again, do the Giants – will the Giants spend the money? The Padres will spend the money, but they are – man, 
they're going the wrong way pretty fast. I think I think a consistent success, if he just wants to make money and play baseball, stay with the Angels. I think there's that drive to compete for a championship, and with the Dodgers, you're going to have that every year for the foreseeable future. Can we talk about how the Padres have like three of the top ten players in the league <laughs> and still are under 500? What are we doing? Right I mean, now? the Angels have the two best players and are still terrible. That <laughs> <laughs> the top five players in baseball, well... We should we should work on this list. Like your top ten list is probably two Dodgers, two Braves, like three Padres and two Angels. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ronald Acuna Jr., Shohei, Shohei Trout. How many is that? Is that I don't five? Know if, is Trout still in there? Yeah, he He's might still be. The best player. Yes. Okay. Okay. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. You want to put Aaron Judge in there? I was going to say so. Judge may be number ten. I think when I mapped that out, we had ten, but. So let's hang on. AL, AL here quick. Trout, Otani, Judge. Yeah, the, okay. That's fine. And then, so that's three. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, four, five. Okay. Ronald Lacuna, six. Okay. Juan Soto, seven. Is Juan Soto, yeah, no, okay. Is, is okay. it Machado? Is it Tatis? Is it Matt Olson? What about Julio? Well, I. I'm just, I just, I'm, I was just asking. I, I, I need to look at my baseball player numbers. All I know is that Ronald Lacuna is. You also, you also remember, forgot Corey Seager, Rangers. Stop it. What is, is he even the best baseball player in his own family? Uh, this year he is. Okay, he's been like three twenty. What are we? What are we? What are we laughing at? Oh, we should. But the moral of the story is the Padres, along with the Yankees and even the Mets. We can't forget the Mets are shelling out a lot of money. Uh, so that's how we're going to clunkily transition mm-hmm. to the NL again. Here, I hate to admit it, but man, the Braves look so good. They're it just seems like everything is humming. This this is the team to beat right now. As much as I picked the Dodgers, or I guess picked the Phillies with the Dodgers as my other pennant team, you're going to need to put together a Herculean effort to get over this Braves team. And it doesn't even feel like they're quite trying. It feels like they're at about 95% and just kind of revving their engine. And then when the playoffs come, it feels like the Braves can put the hammer down. So you've got the Braves leading the East, the Dodgers leading the West, and the Brewers, your beloved Brewers leading the Central. Why are they beloved? Your, your new fandom for the Brewers? No. Oh. Wisconsin people suck. <laughs> Said the Viking fan. I was Twins fans. Well, okay, here we go. I was just in Milwaukee, so I Yeah, can... I thought I thought you became an adopted fan, bought a Yelich jersey. Speaking of, is Christian Yelich good again? No. God, he was he's an MVP winner. He was amazing. Did he win? I guess he did, did win. He win the he? MVP. He was amazing. It was Yelly and Belly, right? Sure. Yeah, Yelich and Bellinger. That, I was, tried to, that some, was the race. I don't, don't remember what show I was listening to. Somebody tried to argue that Cody Bellinger is going to be a more valuable offseason signee than Shohei Otani. Not that Bellinger's not great, gold glove, all-star, MVP, all that, but what was Shohei the, is Shohei. What was the argument? That Shohei, with the potential injury, is a long-term investment. If you're trying to win in the next one to three years, sign Bellinger because he's a win-now guy, where Shohei may be a better long-term investment. Is Shohei not a win-now guy? I... What my take? I mean, forty-five home runs. <laughs> I would take that. But the concern over this alleged elbow injury and yeah, forty-five home runs. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, DH for me all day. So we've got those three at the top, and my beloved Philadelphia Phillies getting it right, which is great. And then these two teams, the Cubs. Something happened since the Fourth of July. Lit a fire under the Cubs, and they have been, dare I say, the hottest team in baseball, if not the best team, over the last two months. And then Arizona, I'm pretty sure two weeks ago I declared the Diamondbacks as this great little story, and they 
were kind of SOL as the season was coming to a close. And now here's the Diamondbacks back in it. Good for them. Can't say I picked them, but good to see them back in here. The Giants and the Reds on the fringe of the outside, that lovely little young team that the Reds have put together with the next, maybe the next Mike Trout and Ellie De La Cruz. And can't forget the Marlins right there. And then it Mike kinda, Trout, he plays shortstop. I don't know what position. In terms of the uh, the five tool, best in the world, a little bit of everything. If you want to, if you want to coin that, give it to Corbin Carroll because he's an outfielder. But uh, Ellie De La Cruz is just he. I mean, we need twenty, twenty, twenty-one. Yeah, certainly. He's the next. Uh, is he the next Jose Reyes? Then is that better for you? I don't Ho- know. Jose Reyes. That's what you're gonna go with. I don't know. I don't think. I, can't name positions off the top of Jose my head. Jose Reyes was like five foot eight. <laughs> He's the next. Uh, who's our guy for the Pirates? Isn't he a giant shortstop too? Who's uh, who? the dude for the Pirates who plays right now? Oh well, he doesn't play for the Pirates. The, the injured guy who looked, who's a beast. What was his name? <laughs> O'Neill Cruz. Yes, that O'Neal one. Cruz. I mean, I they are like the same guy. I wanted to say Paul O'Neill, and I was like, that's not right. They're like the same guys, so they're going to be, I, I, you know, I wish the O'Neill Cruz didn't break his ankle, but they're going to be fun to watch for the next fifteen years, ten years, however long they play. So some good NL Central baseball. Yeah, you know, this is random that they both showed up at the same time, and they're both six eight. But you know, you know, you love to see it. Let's see how it goes. So to wrap up here on the NL side of things, pretty confident that the Braves and Dodgers are in, and then who are your next four? The do the Brewers hold on here? They have a six-game lead right now. Over yeah, the, Reds. the Brewers are going to hold on. I just, I, th- I mean, they've warmed up in the last, you know, two, three weeks. I think at one point they had won eight, nine, ten in a row. With I don't remember exactly how long the streak was. Yeah, oh, they've been nine and one in their last ten as we're recording this. Yeah, so I think it was nine and nine wins in a row, and then they lost to the Cubs today. Uh, so I think that the Brewers are probably going to be the team that wins that division. I don't understand. I don't I don't believe that there's really anybody that's going to catch them. Chicago's coming. I know, Cubbies but the Cubbies don't have quite the pitching that the Brewers do. And so I when it comes to when it comes down to it, baseball is a simple sport, right? If you throw strikes, have good pitching and put the ball in play, then you're going to win a lot of games and and the Brewers are just kind of figuring out how to do that and uh, you know, I just I trust their pitching staff more than I pitch the Cubs pitching staff. They have more veterans on that team. And so uh, I just believe that they're going to be able to be the team that um, pulls through in this final stretch and, and takes home the division. So we've got our three division winners and your three wild cards, Phillies, Cubs, and Arizona right now. The Giants, again, the Giants, this no-name Giants team that we never talk about. They're right there hanging in there. The Young Reds team and the Marlins, who don't really know where there's a lot of buzz around Miami other than Louisa Rise. But those are your five teams really are we'll say six teams battling for three spots yeah and again i don't really see that changing either um you know that top three unless somebody falls through uh you know obviously the giants and the Diamondbacks have the same record so it's hard to say uh, what's going to happen with them but you know the giants again they they, they've been a consistent team and yeah they're relatively young but i don't know was it last year they had 101 wins or whatever it was and they came and they were the first team in the wild card i think they had you know, a pretty solid core last year that did really well. It might have been two years ago. Let's find out. Internet and, to the rescue. Because um, I think they came in second place with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers had 104 wins. The Giants might have had 103 right in that range. Um, and so they do have they do have some, some experience. And, again, you say pitching is good and matters, but you also have to have the veteran experience and able to, you know, finish out the, the rally down the stretch. So um, I do think that between the two of them that the Giants are going to be the ones that are going to pull it off. But it's going to be fun to watch. You know, you hope that the last two, three games of the year matter and, and that you can have some excitement, some buzz, and get the fans out to go to, go to those games. That's what it's all about. So I hope that's a good time. 
go go Reds. I got the I got the Reds and the Giants sneaking in there to take the spots from the Cubs and the Diamondbacks. But yes, it was two years ago. You are correct. Twenty twenty one, the Giants won one hundred seven and the Dodgers won one hundred and six, and they just kind of feasted on Arizona and Colorado. Yeah, and that was back before they changed the schedule, so they had to play each other nineteen times, which is which is awesome, but not the case anymore. So that's also something that's you know something to be ch- talked about. You so you see the change in the records a little bit. Obviously, we see what the A's are. Um, but the, part of the reason why you see the records, especially in the centrals, is because they reduce the amount of games that you have to play in division between from 19 to 11. So you have to play more interleague. You have to just play each team a little bit more. And uh, so it, it equalizes out the field just a little bit. You know, it's just a matter of time before they change the way the playoff structure works from the division winners until they just t- choose the top seven teams. And they just put them in order of best to worst. They don't even include the divisions anymore. So it's just a matter of time before they switch to the NBA model versus what they're doing right now, which is more the NFL model. Uh, I, any, anything that just gets the best teams in. We had that conversation last week with Andrew and I talking about let's get rid of divisions and just let the best teams in. But I do have a uh, – because MLB.com is wonderful – they go all the way back to 1901. Okay. So I can see the uh, the teams. I see where you get all your trivia from now. <laughs> Just scroll MLB.com yeah. history. Uh-huh. So I believe it's 1901 because that's the first year we had the World Series. Does that sound about right when we merged the American and the National League, perhaps? Uh, yeah, that sounds right to me. Okay. Who in the Yon- the Yankees? The Yankees well, I, I just wanted to move through this kind of quick, see how many of these you can rapid fire off here. How many of the teams can you name? There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, mm-hmm. 11, 12, 13, 14. There's 16 teams, so if we can go f- quick about this, I don't want to take too much time. But 16 teams win what? The Major League Baseball 1901. Oh, my lordy. I don't know. Yan- <laughs> Yankees? Red- uh, correct. Red Sox? Uh, hang on. I was wrong. There, there was no New York Yankees in this era. There was a New York team, but it was not them. Okay. Really? Okay, um, I because the names are names are different. So right, that's I was curious how many of these senators you could get. There you go, Washington Senators were in here. Reds, the the Red Stockings, I believe. Yes, Cincinnati. They were bad year that year. They were worth, they were last place team in the National League. Uh, Cubs. Now I believe they were known as the Chicago Orphans this year because I see a shy Orphans in the National League. Okay, um, I was just looking at some of these older franchises. Um, maybe. I don't think Atlanta – did Atlanta have a franchise? No, it was mainly Northeast. So Yeah. Uh, Northeast the over White the, so- the White Midwest. The White Sox. White Sox were, had the best record in the American League that year, won the pennant. Okay. Um, there had to have been a team in Wisconsin, right? Milwaukee something? You are correct. They were in the AL at the time. What team were they? Oh, that was – so that became the Orioles. The Milwaukee team became the Baltimore Orioles eventually. Okay. Gi- Giants? The Brooklyn Giants or or whatever, right? Yes. So the New York Giants, good job, good pull there. Dodgers, Brooklyn Dodgers, the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers. Yes. There you go. Okay. Um. Oh boy, this is. I'm at like I'm at. I did pretty good though. I'm at like eight. Yeah, you're getting some good stuff. Then, okay. Uh, I don't know that I'm gonna get the. This, this all this <laughs> is just so random, all right? Most of these are still franchises today. With the only other... reason I know the Washington Senators is because they turned into the Minnesota Twins. All right. Um, 
And there's a guy, I forget for his name. He's awesome. Walter Johnson. That's the one. You said most of them are franchises now? Yeah, it looks like only one of these teams, because I can't click on it, became defunct. The rest of them look like their lineage is still around. You know, they move and they Phillies? change cities. Uh, Philadelphia? I believe that is correct. Yes, the Phillies were in the National League that year. Okay, did Pittsburgh have a team? The Pirates? They did. Pittsburgh was the best team that year. The best record in the National League. I believe this may have been early Honus Wagner. Oh, good pull on that one. Detroit? Detroit. Tigers were in there. I'm not sure if Ty Cobb was around quite yet in 1901. No. Maybe Cap Anson, Napoleon Lajoie. Those guys play for the Tigers. Um, St. Louis? There you go. Right, okay. Um, uh, can't, Royals? Kansas City? No, stop it. <laughs> They're barely around now. So uh, you had the Chicago. Oh, here we go. You had the Chicago White Sox, Boston Red Sox, Detroit Tigers, Philadelphia Athletics. Oh yeah, a Baltimore something that I can't click on. Washington Senators, Cleveland at the time Indians, mm. and Milwaukee who moved and became the Orioles. National League: Pittsburgh Pirates, Philadelphia Phillies, Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers, St. Louis Cardinals, the Boston Bean Eaters who eventually did become the Atlanta Braves, the Chicago Orphans who ended up being the Cubs. The New York Giants, who are the current San Francisco Giants, and the Cincinnati Red Stockings. So I missed two. One? Two. I don't know. I missed two. Sounded good when you were saying it. Mm-hmm. I missed that's not bad. I feel good about that. Proud of you. Appreciate that. I need I need some love today, you know. It was a, it's a tough day. Tough day. So now when I ask you who was the quarterback for the nineteen thirty seven NFL championship game? Otis Redding. <laughs> <laughs> or, or autogram are they autogram <laughs> similar that's my dude we're gonna have to cut that out autogram is my guy though <laughs> that was that hurt my ears <laughs> yeah i saw a little spiky thing on the recording he's the goat Twitter. though man he's the greatest of all time what you got five championships in nine seasons yeah no, he's wasn't a, it wasn't it nine championship games in 10 years is it more than that oh my like god that. Woo. autograms like he's my he's my favorite quarterback of all time no one ever changed my opinion Get an encyclopedia, kids, and look up Otto Graham. He's the best quarterback of all time. Do you want to get to what we're actually here to do today, and that's talk about the National Football League? Oh, are we talking about football? Let's talk about some football. If I was faster, I would have the we're talking about baseball song pulled up, but I had too many things going on Let's in front of me. Let's talk about football. So the way we're going to do this, we're going to go division by division here, pick our favorites, and see how much we align here. I've got my top seven teams pulled out with – one big surprise, and then we'll see where Austin falls. It's a big surprise. Taking this division by division here. It's let's a big surprise. Let's start with the AFC West, where the reigning champions reside. The Kansas City Chiefs have just taken over this division. They are the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven-time defending champions of the AFC West. I do not see that changing anytime soon, as long as you have Mahomes there. Just kind of the usual crew, Andy Reid coaching, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones at defensive tackle, one of the best defensive players in the league. They keep adding around it with young guys like Nick Bolton. Not totally sure on the running backs or the receivers, but you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, so the rest is kind of icing on the cake. Fantastic offensive line with Creed Humphrey in the middle anchoring that thing. After that, it does become a bit dicey. I think the Raiders are going to be down there. I would love for Jimmy Garoppolo to have a great year, but if he stumbles or gets injured, I think it's going to be a long haul for the Raiders. Josh McDaniel may not make it through the season. In the middle, you've got the Chargers and the Broncos. This may be one of my controversial opinions. I am all in on the Broncos this year. I think Russ what? bounces back. I think Sean Payton's a great coach. We know they're going to have the defense. They've become one of the most consistent defensive teams in the league. It's going to be Russ and that offense getting right. 
The receiving core does scare me a little bit. The offensive line needs to come along, but between coaching defense and quarterback, I think the Broncos have it. They go too. Chargers, we know Justin Herbert's going to put up numbers, but I'm worried that he may be drifting towards Kirk Cousin territory with the he's going to get bonkers numbers, fantasy stats, but will they win games? So I think Kirk Cousins won 13 games last year. I you sucker win, win some playoff games. You sucker. He has. <laughs> he beat the Saints in New Orleans two years ago. Are you do you do you have that short of a memory? Yes. That was in okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> But I'm saying in, ter- in, terms Here of con- we go. in terms of contending with the Mahomes for the divisional crown. Whatever. So I'm going Chiefs 1, Broncos 2, Chargers 3, Raiders 4. But I think the Chargers and Broncos are going to be pretty close in the middle. You are crazy. Well, th- this, is what, this is your turn to... Uh, you are crazy. Yeah. So I think, that we, I, well, I think that we can all agree that the Chiefs are going to be the, the, the team that wins the division. Right? I say we do. I say... I don't... But I just I'm not on board. I'm I'm not on board with the Broncos. I just, I don't know that I'm I don't know I, that I am. I'm pretty sure that I'm in the minority in my Bronco affinity. Yeah, and you know it's hard to say. It's hard to take it from preseason what's going to happen. And I do agree that Sean Payton is one of the better coaches. But what they've been able to what they did, they've done a lot of talk about. Uh, they've just put a target on their back, right? When he mentioned that they were not a well coached team last year, when Week Five Jets go to Denver. Yeah, line it up, Nathaniel Hackett and Rogers versus. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And but you know, I just I don't know. I, I, I just can't get on board with. I don't think that Russell, you know, Sean Payne is a brilliant coach, and I think that he's going to get a lot of a lot out of Russell Wilson. But he's also coached some quarterbacks that have also fit really well into his system, right? You even think about Jameis Winston, for example. I mean, for what it's worth. But the system that he's always cut is, is fast reads, get the ball out quick, right? Like that's the kind of system that he's always like everything is on time, is a rhythm, right? That's the system that works for Sean Payton. And Russell Wilson is not that kind of quarterback. And, you know, do we trust that Sean Payton has the brilliant kind of mind to, to create an offense that works around Russell Wilson? Yeah, he probably could. I do think that that's possible. But is there a, is there, do they have the ability to figure out by week four or five so that they can come climb into the division? I don't know because the NFL season is long but it's short. So you only have 17 games. So if you lose two, three, four games early, it's really hard to climb back out of the hole. So I just don't know that I see that happening, and especially you have to remember, right, they play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. So you, you say oh, that's almost two games that you're almost guaranteed to lose, you know, not guaranteed, but dang close. So my order for the division is Chiefs 1, Chargers 2, Broncos 3, and Raiders 4. And which – we can come back to the playoffs, but which of those two do you have in the postseason or three or one? Do I have to say it right now? No, we can we can come back. I would say probably, I'd say Chargers. I don't think the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. That's I think that may be one of my more hot takes. Chiefs in for sure, not surprising. And then I think the Broncos are in, and the Chargers are that one of those teams who loses out in Week 18. They're up there till the wire, and then they can't quite make it. Yeah, that's okay. So next, <laughs> move on. Also, I'm. Did you? Stop at the wrong gas station on the way here. This is the fastest I have ever heard you talk. <laughs> I had a ghost energy when I was before practice. <laughs> <laughs> My dad said the same we'll, thing. We'll claim that's what <laughs> did you it. You got too much energy right now. You got a lot of caffeine in me. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. I also took a three-hour cat nap. So. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it counts I as cat nap. Hours. <laughs> you know, good as we record at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to go down to the AFC South and... 
kind of the weird thing in the NFL this year. I think heading into the season, the Souths in the AFC and NFC are the two worst divisions, and I think the Easts in both are the best. So interesting symmetry. We'll see if it actually plays out or if we all look silly for doubting these teams. Feels like Jacksonville has really risen to the top of this division, and with Trevor Lawrence looking like the real deal, Doug Peterson is a adult in the room as the head coach feels like the titans are taking a step back with derrick henry's health maybe being in question what have they added around him what does Tannehill have left in the tankers at time to turn this over to will levis or malik willis the colts just can't really seem to get out of their own way uh, their best player jonathan taylor is not happy michael Pittman's kind of a one-man show in the receiving core and they have the rookie quarterback in anthony richardson so I think you're going to be seeing a lot of growing pains with the Colts, a decent offensive line, a lot of talent on the off uh, on the defensive side, but they are strapped to a very unproven rookie quarterback. So I think this year is about developing Anthony Richardson. And I think a lot of the same can be said with the Texans, a team with CJ Stroud. They're going to throw him into the fire early and see what he can learn. So the Colts and Texans, I really don't expect a lot from they, a lot of good individual pieces, but until they get the quarterbacks developed, they're, they're going to be at the bottom Tennessee in the middle. I just Mike Vrabel as the coach. I don't think he's going to allow them to truly be terrible. But I think this is a one bid playoff division with the Jaguars kind of running away with this. Yeah, you know, I think I'm on the same page with you with that one. Um, I don't know that the yeah. So it's it's hard to it's hard to uh, hard to say more on this division. I think that the Tennessee Titans will probably end up in second more because the other teams aren't going to have any oomph to get there. Um, and the Texans and the Colts are going to still, they're still in halfway rebuild mode. You know, I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to do a really good job down in Houston. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. he's going to end up, um, with more than two or three wins, but even if you get to six or seven, you're still a bottom dweller in this league more or less. And, uh, so, th- but that'll be good. You know, you kind of think, you kind of hope that they don't win that many games because they can honestly, I think that they have a good support system and they can build around CJ Stroud a little bit, but, uh, uh, same thing with the Colts, where you just you know they're a little bit. I think the Colts are probably in a little bit more disarray than the Texans are. Although the Texans have been in disarray for twenty years, <laughs> um, it it does feel like they're finally coming out of the weird, what ended up being the debacle with Deshaun Watson and the Bill O'Brien era. They're kind of rising from the ashes. It feels like slowly but surely. And I agree, D'Amico Ryan seems like the right guy to guide that. Yeah, so I'll go, I'll go Jacksonville, Jaguars 1, Titans 2, and then it doesn't matter. I'll go toss-up, Texans, Colts 3-4. I mean, I think they both end up with anywhere between 5 to 7 wins. Um, and at that point, we're just fighting for draft picks. We're not really doing anything that's worth, I mean, worthwhile right. and in terms of standings. And there's both of these teams do have some players to watch. The Colts, again, Jonathan Taylor, what is going to happen there? It's going to miss the first four weeks, but you've got Michael Pittman, uh, Anthony Richardson, at least should be fun to watch him run. They've got some great defensive guys, DeForest Buckner, uh, Shaq Leonard hopefully gets back to the form he had when he was younger. And then Will Anderson is a guy that I'm really interested in on the Houston Texans, rookie defensive end linebacker. We probably will not see a lot of Texans games on primetime or nationwide TV, but Will Anderson looks like he will wreck people Micah Parsons style. I, I know that's lofty goals to put on somebody, but I think if we're looking for the next Micah Parsons or Von Miller, Will Anderson with the Texans will be that guy. So you at least get some highlights out of him. Again, a, a two teams that are rebuilding and back on the upswing versus a Jaguars team that feels like they're already there and the good old steady Eddie Tennessee Titans. Okay, so if we agree, let's move on. God, it's such a rush. Where do you got to be? I don't know. I just I feel like I need to talk really, really, really fast. <laughs> I 
I've been called out for my for my amount of caffeine that's in my body right now. So, you know, everybody's gonna be falling asleep around me. Man, I'm gonna be watching episodes of episodes of How I Met Your Mother until three in the morning. So, <laughs> of all the shows, I imagine you binging How I Met Your Mother is not on that. Flight list. Attendant was the last one that was recommended to me. I don't know if you've watched that one, but. I, I if it's not on antenna or rabbit ears, I probably don't see it. But oh, you don't do streaming services? Eh, once in a blue moon, like I paid for two months of HBO Max just so I could watch Game of Thrones again. But after that, I was like, yeah, I did watch a couple episodes of what's it called? Hard I, Knock, Hard Knocks. But my subscription oh. done at the end of August. So yeah, I haven't even watched that at all. But it, I've heard good things. It does. It does not make the a lot of optimism for the Jets. But more on them in a minute. Before we go out east, let's go up to the north. I don't know about the toughest division or the best, but maybe one of the tougher ones to predict. This was a lot easier when the Bengals weren't in contention and we were just discussing between the Ravens and the Steelers who was going to win. But I think if you're looking for a team that's going to have the best regular season record, I think it is the Cincinnati Bengals. Questions around Joe Burrow's health could impact that. But I think they are the team to beat in the division, if not the entire AFC. So spoiler on some future predictions. I'm all about the Cincinnati team as long as Joe Cool stays healthy. Got all the weapons in the world. They've really shored up that offensive line, added a lot to the defense, and still great guys like Trey Hendrickson there leading the way. So watch for the Bengals. It's after this where it gets dicey. The Browns, I still think, are trying to figure out life in this new era. Miles Garrett might be the best defensive end in the game. The dude is built like a monster. And there are plenty of other good pieces around them. Offensive line is fantastic. Nick Chubb is one of the three best running backs in the game. I just think there's a few too many holes in other areas. And then you've got the Ravens and the Steelers. The Steelers missed the postseason last year despite going 9-8. and eight. I just I cannot fathom the Steelers missing the playoffs again, even if it is Kenny Pickett. is just this franchise, the culture, Mike Tomlin. They just find a way to win and get there. So I think we're going to be looking at two teams, much like the Chargers and the Broncos. I think you're going to have the Ravens and the Steelers duking it out for a playoff spot for second place. I think the wild card will go to the Steelers and the Ravens. I think both these teams could be in that 10-7, and 9-8 like they were last year. But I think it's this time it's the Ravens on the outside looking in as the Steelers sneak that maybe sixth or seventh playoff spot. Yeah, fun fact. The Steelers, I think, or no, say a fun fact. The Steelers, Mike Tallman has not ever had one losing season. And I think he's been coaching there since 2004. Yeah, 2004, 2005, that's something. Five, maybe. Yeah, so his worst season is 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, And even last year, that was in jeopardy. I think they won five of their last six, five of their last seven. Yeah. So he started at his first – thank you, Wikipedia. His first full season was 2007. Again, he's like only the third coach the team has ever had. Which is crazy to think yeah. about, by the so way. So he but. went – he. and again, I don't know if this is without Ben Roethlisberger or without a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, but – you know, four of his five, yeah, he's been eight and eight a couple of times. I'll just cut to the chase. So and now, now nine and eight with the extended schedule, but but yeah. he's never had a losing no, season. Yeah, eight and eight's the worst record he's ever had, which is astounding for a guy who's he's one sixty three, ninety three, and two eight six thirty six win percentage, which is amazing for a guy who's been in it for fifteen years. Right, and so you just know that the Steelers are going to be around. You know, are they going to be a playoff team? Are they going to be? 12 13 wins you know it's hard to predict that but we know that the Steelers you can almost bank on the fact that they're going to get to 9 and 8 yeah, and so is 9 and 8 going to be good enough to go to the playoffs in the AFC I don't know you know I, I, there's so many good teams and it's not even the teams necessarily but you look at the the quarterback play in the AFC it is just so good um all around you know the depth is is a little wild so 
Um, you know, I, I, I didn't, I agree. I think the Bengals are going to be the team that's going to be the comes out on top. But um, if I had to pick a number two team, I do think it is going to be Pittsburgh, just because. Um, again, I think they're probably the most well-rounded team. I think Kenny Pickett in year two is going to do a really good job. And the one thing that you got to remember, we can't, we can't bank on Lamar Jackson staying healthy for seventeen games. Um, as good as I, you know, I do really like the Ravens. Um, and what they do, and they're also a really, really well coached team. I just, it's hard to, it's hard to, you really, you're playing the guessing game as to is Kenny Pickett going to be a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson? And like Lamar Jackson is going to be the better quarterback, but if he only plays twelve right. games, then Kenny Pickett is almost is is better just by the fact that he's more available. And so I do believe that he's going to take a step up in this year. So I don't know that the Steelers make it to the playoffs. Like I said, the uh, I think the AFC East might have three teams sneak in uh, right. potentially. But, um, you know, I'm going to go with this one. You go Bengals one, Steelers two. Um, and I think, But I think that Ravens might even still – they might be both go eight and seven and the Browns would be the bottom dwellers of, the, of, of them. But they, so they might all end up really seven, eight wins deep. Um, within this whole division with only one team going to the playoffs, which is kind of weird to think about. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think you're looking at at least three teams with eight wins, and I don't think the Browns are going to be the worst of the worst in the AFC. I think have them about 12 or 13 in the in the conference. And the th- weird thing about the Steelers, they don't really have a proven wideout in this current crop. I do think George Steelers? Pick- yeah, because like, Allen Robinson's older, Deontay Johnson's hit or miss, George Pickens is young. I think George Pickens is ready to He's break out. beast. Up. Offensive line, typical Steelers, good, not great. I think Najee Harris is going to be bounced Beast. back and have a, a great season this year. Let's not forget Mitch Trubisky is their backup quarterback. He sucks. <laughs> I wish he was still a bear. <laughs> but the it's the defense that's kind of curious for the Steelers. It's not a huge name defense. Usually the Steelers were used to them having eight or nine guys that are household names or pro bowlers. You've still got Cam Hayward. You've still got T.J. Watt. They went out and added Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter Jr. So I'm curious to see how Joey Porter Jr. does. I think he'll be an immediate impact rookie. But other than kind of the big names, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, and Cameron Hayward, they're not a real household name, traditional Pittsburgh Steelers defense, whether it's, I feel like it's a lot more free agent signings than we're used to with them. So there's could be some breakout contenders there in that Steelers defense. Yeah, but I still think when you have the best player on the field that, I mean, you. How? I mean, every game it seems like. Assuming that's T.J. Watt in this scenario, one hundred percent. And every 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 game you see, you feel like in the fourth quarter he makes a game, makes a game impacting play. And again, like you got to bank on his health a little bit, right? Because he missed a lot of time last year. But you know, I just feel like you said you talk, but is between him and Miles Garrett, who's the better player? I, I don't know. You know, you feel like T.J. Watt's probably the better player, and he makes so many more plays in a, in a in a higher profile setting. That uh, you just you that alone, I think is worth a couple of wins for the Steelers, and so that might put them over the top. We'll see, but um, I just think this could be a really fun division to watch. I think the AFC in general. I think there's going to be a lot of teams hovering between like the seven to ten, eleven win range, which is going to be it's going to make it's going to be really close um, to see, which makes it fun because that means the last one or two weeks of the season all uh, matter and are going to and are going to be make a big difference. So. That's why I worry about the the Raiders and the Texans and the Colts. Is as good as they may be, or as much as potential as our young guys show, it's just it's a meat grinder to get through the AFC with when the Bengals and Jags are getting good. If the Jets are good with Aaron Rodgers, you throw that on top of the 
Broncos and Steelers and Chiefs and Bills, like usual teams that you expect, is man, it's it's going to be brutal. I mean, ten teams at least to get into the playoffs in the AFC, and some team we're not expecting, or for me, I have a line on that later. Some team you're not expecting is going to plummet. It happens every year. We think about it a couple of years ago. The Niners just got decimated by injuries. Like six of their best starters were out most of the season. So as talented as you may be, injury bug will catch up to you. Well, I think too. So you got to we got to remember it. I think it, oh, there's three in, three out. Is what the way say. There's always three to four new right. playoff thought, teams every year. I don't know what the number. Yeah, is. I thought it was like half. Like so, fi- okay. fi- figure. Yeah. And now that we've expanded, so yeah, it would have been like four new teams. But now figure six or seven new teams every year. Um, and so to your point, you know, I, I can't remember exactly who everybody was in the playoffs last year, but there, that means that the, you're, we're bound to have one team be a surprise, whether it's the Broncos or the Raiders, maybe it's the Jets. I don't know if the Jets made the playoffs last year. Nope. Um, so what? You, you know, you say who can, who's the one team is going to sneak up on you, um, and, and, and sneak in either in that seventh seed or better than that, even potentially. So. Which you look at the crop of teams on the outside looking in, Steelers and Jets feel like pretty safe bets. Do you think the Patriots are going to do it with Mac Jones, Titans, Browns, Raiders? My Broncos are down there, the Colts, the Titans. I think the Broncos were one of those teams last year that we thought was going to be in there. They bottomed out at five and twelve. So there's again, there's there's some team that you expect to be great who stumbles and then they may bounce back the next year. Um, but I want to get to your defensive end question because this the. NFC or AFC North is like weirdly loaded with defensive ends, specifically those two guys you mentioned. But looking at the NFL top 100 from this year, who's your, who's your defensive end in Austin's fantasy draft? TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett. I would argue those are the top four in the league right now. Daniel Hunter. He's too old. What? <laughs> I think not Zadaria. I guess Zadaria Smith left you for the Browns. Uh, well, I, I, well, yeah, they're all, they're all freaks. Let's just put it out there that way. But, uh, I, I just, I've seen what TJ, the impact that TJ Watt can have on a game. And I think he went player of the year, defense player two years ago. Uh, you talk, I'll look up. And, uh, two years, three, three years ago, he was hurt all last year. I think he tore his peck or something, but, uh, you know, I TJ Watt is just that's I think that probably the main difference. As good as Miles Garrett is, and he makes a lot of plays as well. I don't know that he makes the plays in high stakes games, in games in the in the fourth quarter when it matters. Um, you know, he still may lead the league in stacks or get close, but uh, you know, TJ Watt just is a he's a different dude. He's a different dude. So Nick Bosa won the award last year. TJ Watt won it in twenty twenty one. Yeah. So funny how it goes to a defensive end almost every year. <laughs> and then weirdly, Stefan Gilmore snuck one in there. I forgot about that. Otherwise, it's it's a lot of Aaron Donald and J.J. Watt outside of those guys. Are you surprised? Right. That is interesting that they value edge rushers more than defensive backs. Or just Aaron Donald's like one of the five best defensive players to ever play. So that's kind of a... Besides Alan Page, he's number two. How many de- I'm trying to figure out how many defensive tackles have won it now that you got me thinking about it. Not he, many. Like you said, Alan Page might be the only other one, really. Uh, okay. Warren so Sapp would be a good one, I don't, but he, I don't know if the, he was in there. So Alan Page won it, Yeah. 71 for the Vikings. Joe Green, two-time champion for the Steelers. Me and Joe Green. A guy that I, I'm going willing to admit I've never heard of before, but played for your Vikings, Keith Millard in 1989. 
defensive tackle won defensive player of the year. Cortez Kennedy for the Seahawks won it in 92. Dana Stubblefield won it for the 49ers in 97. Warren Sapp in 99. And then nobody again until Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald's three-time. So that's probably more than we thought it was going to be. Yeah, and like guys, like I kind of was vaguely aware of Cortez Kennedy and Daniel Stubblefield, but I don't think about them like I do Alan Page or Aaron Donald. No way. I mean, Cortez Kennedy, I, lo- I guess a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Aaron Donald's probably made. What, was, what do you think? Top five defensive player of all time? Yeah, top he's, ten. He's got to be up there. He's he's when it's all said and done, he's going to be in that class with the Dick Butkus and. Um, why am I blanking on names of people right now that are in front of me? Reggie White. Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, Aaron Donald is going to be on that Mount Rushmore of defensive players. I think so. I think that dude is built differently. Right. Anyway, how did we get on that topic? And uh, uh, AFC North. So, yeah. Also known for their defensive in, in general. I mean, it's probably one of the toughest in terms of hard nose. Yeah. When you play on grass, you got the snow. Like, that's kind of that division, right? So... It's no surprise that they have some of the best defensive lines. And going over here to what I would say is the most hyped, the most talked about, potentially the best division in the AFC this year, if not all of football. The AFC East, the Bills have become established here ever since Tom Brady left the Patriots and opened the door. The Bills, three straight division titles here after the Patriots dominated it for 15 years. The Dolphins kind of feel like the darlings of the NFL. If Tua is healthy and has it firing on all cylinders, the Dolphins are a team that everybody's looking at. And then the Jets with Aaron Rodgers in town. Garrett Wilson had a tremendous rookie year. The defense, a lot of hype around them. Robert Sala, a great defensive coach. And this is what I mentioned the first couple of episodes of Hard Knocks that I've watched. Uh, I feel like the Jets do not come off all that well. Like the the Leah Schreiber narration tries to make them sound wonderful, but then you kind of see, oh, the offensive line has a lot of questions. A are, lot of questions. Are Rodgers and Sala getting along? Are we going to have a power struggle? Because Rodgers got his way and got all of his guys in there. You know, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard to spread his gospel. Nathaniel Hackett was brought in as the OC because Rodgers wanted him there. So I just, I wonder, I wonder is there going to be a power struggle or is there going to be like a 1985 Bears situation where Buddy Ryan did the defense, Dick did the offense, they stayed out of each other's way, and they crushed people and had one of the five greatest teams of all times. So, all that being said, I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little uh, wild here. I think the Jets do in the division. I think they figure out how to work together, despite of everything I just said. I think they go 1985 Bears style. And Sal is going to have that defense humming because they are loaded with talent. Quinnen Williams and C.J. Mosley leading away there. Will McDonald, good young talent. Watch out for him for a defensive rookie of the year candidate. And then I think the Dolphins get the number two spot. I'm a little bit uh, biting on this Tua hype. Mike McDaniel seems like he's the real deal as a head coach. They're going to throw about seven different running backs at people throughout the year. Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is, is Tyreek Hill, but he's going to put up crazy numbers. Offensive line is improved. Christian, Wilkin, Christian Wilkins and Jalen Phillips are the best defensive line duo that we don't talk about. The secondary is loaded. Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey are fantastic, and you add Cam Smith to that. So watch out for the Dolphins. I think the Patriots, I don't I don't know what to make of the Patriots anymore. Is, is Belichick lost it, or is just they don't have the quarterback play? So I think the Patriots are down at number four. But I got the Bills at number three, and I don't think the Bills are making the postseason. That may be my biggest contradictory statement of the uh, football preview but i'm going jets one dolphins two bills three pats four 
Okay, here we go. So, uh, yeah, I don't. Dis- I don't. Uh, uh, wow, jeez. <laughs> you know, and say I, I got something for you too in a little bit later. But yeah, uh, I just the one thing for me that we have to think about is that that the this will be probably the first time ever that Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers weapons are better than his offensive line right mm-hmm. historically his offensive line has always been better than his weapons and he's always been able to make his weapons better there's not a lot that a quarterback can do to make your offensive line better other than setting their protection but if your defensive line gets beat every play you know Aaron Rodgers isn't as mobile as he was 10 years ago um and I do think that to be true you know does he have the ability to stay healthy through 17 games I think that's probably accurate but you know, with his temperament and who he is as an individual, I don't. I see there's going to be probably a little more frustration going on with with uh, what's going to happen with the play. Probably him getting hit a little bit more than he's used to. Um, so I'm not really. Everything in football to me is won and lost on the line of scrimmage, and I just am not buying um, that running game as much as I think a lot of people are, and I'm certainly not buying what the offensive line is going to be able to do to protect Aaron Rodgers. So. Um, with that being said, uh, I really am expecting the Dolphins to take a step forward. You know, I am a huge fan of Tua, and I think that um, they're going to be one of the better coached teams in the league. And I'm just, uh, you know, I think the Bills probably do have a stronghold on the division. Um, it's hard to say what they what they really can do and what they're capable of. I think there's going to be a little more chaos going on with the whole Stephon Diggs uh, thing. And, you know, their defense is always going to be strong. I think the Jets probably have the strongest division, strongest defense in the division. Um, so for me, uh, I'm going to go, uh, bills one dolphins, two jets, three. I don't think the jets quite get it figured out before mid before mid season. And then I'm going to go Patriots four. I just, you know, the Belichick era as great as it was. I think he was spoiled. I think he had Tom Brady for so long that we just expect the Patriots to be good without Tom Brady. Um, and bill Belichick just to have his ability to, to, to summon that team, but when you have a defensive coordinator calling plays for a, a young quarterback, it's just it's, it's you're hard pressed to have a lot of success that way. And so, I don't really believe in what they're going to be doing. I think that, I mean, in my opinion, they probably should have got rid of Bill Belichick, but because he has so many rings, they're not. They he has gold, yeah. golden handcuffs a little bit. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna coach till he doesn't want to coach. Yeah, even though I think that based off of his his philosophy, it's a little archaic. Really, I mean, he is a good coach, trust, but uh, I just think that. Um, so for me, that's kind of, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, like I said, I do think that the bills have a way to figure it out and I'm just not, I I am, I don't know. I'm not buying the jets this year. I do think that they end up squeezing into the playoffs, maybe in that seven seed, uh, because they have sauce Gardner and they have, you know, a relatively strong defense, maybe top five in the league. And that's going to carry him a lot of way, a long ways, but I just don't know that the offensive line is going to, is, I think that's going to be their Achilles heel this year. Yeah. That. Hopefully they get it figured out. There's guys that I like there. Elijah Vera Tucker. I thought Mackay Becton was going to be a monster. Hopefully those guys can right the ship. And hopefully Brees Hall is healthy. Him with Dalvin Cook is a tremendous one-two punch. I think the Jets can hurt hurt you in a lot of ways with that offense. That's where the Bills concern me. Josh Allen's going to be amazing. Hopefully Stephon Diggs is happy. If those two are on the same page, they can put up crazy numbers. I just think they need to upgrade maybe the weapons around them. A few more a little bit more development along the offensive line. Some good young guys still growing into their roles there. The defense, another fantastic secondary. We don't really talk about enough. Also, quick side note, Damar Hamlin is back playing again, so a good feel-good story for them. Big news. But this, I, love, I love their secondary. Tredavious White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Damar Hamlin out there. It's, it's the front seven I 
outside of Gregory Russo, can they get it done? Huge Matt Milano fan. So if Russo and Milano can bring along the rest of the group and those guys can beat up on the offensive lines of the teams of the Jets or Patriots, there may be an opportunity there. Just think it's going to be coming down to those close games where Josh Allen's going to have to put the entire team on his back and will that offense down the field. That's where I feel a little bit better that the Jets and Dolphins may have a few more tools in the toolkit to carve people up with their offenses. And not that the Bills are going to be bad. I think they're going to be pushing that 9-10 to 10 win margin. I just think the bar is going to be so high to get into the AFC playoffs. Yeah, and I well, you know, and that's funny because I don't know that the bar will be that high to go into the playoffs. I think mm-hmm. that the – I think that – well, hot – not to give anything away, but I think there's going to be a couple of teams that are going to be really good. Maybe the division, maybe three of the four division winners, and then I think the rest of the rest of the four, the other four, to probably eleven are going to be anywhere from seven wins to maybe ten, maybe eleven. I don't. I think there's going to be a very, very small difference, and I think this is a division really where the, this probably is a division where. 10 wins makes it to the playoffs, not because you're a bad team even necessarily, but because, you know, there's three out of four teams that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see all three of those teams go three and three in a division. Um, and they just kind of beat up on each other a little bit. And then it kind of comes down to who has the tougher schedule. And right now, if you look at the Jets first five, six games, there's one win in there for sure. You know, I think that, you know, I, they play the Broncos um, I forget who else they're playing, but they don't necessarily have an easy stretch. Buffalo, Vegas, um, and so oh wait, that's Buffalo. And so, uh, but they but their but their early season stretch is maybe one of the toughest ones in the league. Okay, yeah, they play Buffalo, Dallas, New England, which is the win maybe. Kansas City, Denver, Philadelphia, Giants, Chargers. So in, until they get to the Vegas Raiders, which is what, week six, week seven, you know, because they're playing at Denver, which you say they could be either a really good team or, you know, who knows. And then the even the New England game. The New England game is probably their easiest game in that stretch, I would imagine, right? Uh, and so they have a, they really could start the season off with two, two and four, two and five. And yep. it can be hard to climb out of that. So, Which... Quick side note, because you did that little game. I found a website, uh, next.playoffpredictors.com. It will take you through every game of the season so you can pick. And it was kind of interesting. Most of this worked out the way I thought of it, but some of the teams that made the playoffs were not teams that I would have expected. But you can just kind of go through the entire season, pick game by game, and watch the standings who's going to make the playoffs. So quick little free plug for them, a cool website, next.playoffpredictors.com. So I can kind of do what you just did and then watch it fold out in front of you. This this little exercise that I did put the Ravens in the playoffs, so I, so I need to figure out how to tweak that. I got the Vikings in the playoffs. I don't know, I'm not sure how I made that happen. Don't be sleeping on the Vikings. <laughs> Why do people sleep on the Vikings? No, I, I'm all in on the Vikings. It's just more fun to razz you. Oh, my goodness. Y'all are crazy. So let's, uh, let's put a bow on this here. So let's pick your top seven. I have my seven right here. Your seven AFC playoff teams. So I said Bills, Bengals, Jags, Chiefs. Okay, so those are my four division winners. So Bills, Bengals, Jags, Chiefs. Okay. Not anything too surprising there. No, I think that's probably that's probably okay. And then I'm going to go Jets, Dolphins. Five, six. Chargers. No love for the AFC North. I think they're just going to beat up on each other. 
And so I think that I, I get I'm not I, I don't know. I don't buy the Broncos. Yeah. And so I think that the Chargers are going to be able to pull a game against, pull a game off against that. You play the Chiefs twice a year, which is hard. Um, but I, the Raiders aren't. I, so I, really, the, the issue with the AFC North is they're going to the teams are good enough to beat each other. Versus, I think that the Chargers could pull two against the Raiders and two against the Broncos. And I think that makes right. a big difference. Right. And so I think that gives them that extra eleventh win, tenth eleventh win that'll put them over the top to make them in, to get them into the playoffs. And your AFC Championship game is Jaguars Chiefs. I like it in Jacksonville. I like it. And who's going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, Kansas City's going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Sadly, the Cinderella ride ends. Well, uh, quick rundown on my here. Uh, I've got Bengals one, Jacksonville two, Chiefs three, Jets four. My division winners. Got the Dolphins getting the five seed, Steelers six, and the Broncos with the seven. So that's kind of my big where I'm going against the grain is the Bills at eight, Chargers nine, Ravens ten. Uh, I do think it's going to be Cincinnati. I think we get a Cincinnati, unfortunately, Kansas City because we were just required to have them there. I don't hate Kansas City. You just get kind of bored over and over. Yeah, and, and that's you it's know, like it's like with the NFC. It's like I pick the Niners because it's like, well, who else am I going to pick? There's not. It's kind of the same deal. Same deal when we had TB12 up in New England, right? You just like do you bet against him? Can you ever bet against him? Just, just be safe and right. So give me. I got the Bengals beating the Chiefs, and then. I'm going Bengals over the Niners in the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy for life. Bengals over Niners? Bengals over Niners. Because the NFC is like, who's good? Uh, We'll get your take here on the NFC here in a second. But we did this on last week's show. It's like, well, the South doesn't really have anybody. Maybe the Niners or the Seahawks. I don't trust the Eagles. I don't trust the Cowboys. I don't trust the Giants. The Lions are a fun story, but they're the Lions. So your Vikings may be like the next, next best bet. And as we've seen from history... The Vikings are not known for the playoffs. Shut up. <laughs> so, it's, so it's just like, well, I guess the Niners by default, it feels like all the best teams are in the AFC and they're just going to take each other out in the playoffs. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I can, I'm going to be biased and like I will be, but the Vikings are in like partial rebuild this year. So I don't <laughs> on the defense particularly. I don't even know what to expect, but here, but again, this, so listen, this is just the Vikings one one but the Vikings had the 31st or 32nd worst defense last year. Best defense. I guess 32nd best. <laughs> <laughs> Most worst. Yeah. And so, and they still won 13 games. And Kirk Cousins had eight game-winning drives. And, like, all the cards were stacked against Kirk Cousins to even make it to the playoffs last year. And the Vikings in first-year quarter, first-year coach. And they had a first-year defensive coordinator. And, like, tick, 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 on, 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 on the line. So, the roster is a, a little bit different this year. You know, they have certainly made some changes, but you know this will be the first year that Kirk Cousins has a, a the, it's the same back call, play caller two years in a row, and they have a, uh, a new young head coach. And really, the reason why all that regime, as I said, we've talked about, you know, why the Shanahan tree all enjoys coaching Kirk Cousins is because he knows how to run the offense. And he does a good job of doing it, and he doesn't go off script. And so he's bound to have a better season this year than he had last year. And he's going to have a better defense than he had last year. There's no way that you can expect that the defense will be 31st or 32nd overall. And so, you know, you look at the division, right? Is Justin Fields going to win the division? Probably not. 
Are the Lions going to win the division? I mean, they're cool. I like them. They're fun. <laughs> but they're the Lions, right? So you can't trust them. It was almost like the Denver Nuggets this year. And, I mean, and the, you know, the Denver Nuggets obviously came back and they won a championship. But it's like I don't trust them until they do, right? And then, you know, Green Bay with Jordan Love, like what are they? Like what are they? Like we have no clue what they're even going to be. Right. No idea. So I think the Minnesota Vikings almost win the division by default and say – you say we can we they say does Justin Fields get that much better? You know, it's hard to say. But if you're on cruise control to win the division, that means you can stay healthy. There's better things that you can do in the playoffs. Right? You're in the two three seed range, so you get a home game or two. And say so it just gives you a better opportunity. And I mean they have a little bit of tougher schedule than they did last year, but who's gonna get the one seed? Niners? Eagles? And like the the Eagles are the one that I am bearish on i with losing their coordinators and their team getting another year older i am very nervous about the eagles i feel like everybody loves them and i'm a jalen hurts fan i just but very when, nervous about the eagles but you also you play a first place schedule it you're not gonna playing a first place schedule and it's gonna happen to the vikings too it changes you play better teams right and so you're naturally going to take a regression only because you you have to play the vikings have to play the niners and the Eagles, and uh, I don't even know who won the division in the South. Not that it matters, but <laughs> Tampa last year won it at eight and nine. Yeah, which they the Vikings play them week one. Thank goodness, <laughs> and we're going to demolish them. But um, and so I, I, you, you almost just think that it it's one of those things where so if the Vikings were to do anything, this might be the year to do it. You know, because because there's no reason to think that the NFC is not going to turn back around and and start developing some better teams and and get better. But as it stands right now, there's no <laughs> the horses, the Niners, and the Niners are playing with a seventh round quarterback. I <laughs> you, just you, what it, are you trying to say about Brock Purdy, sir? I'm saying that there's a reason why why he was drafted in the seventh round because he was amazing in college. <clears throat> Uh yeah we'll go with that. And, some of, uh, some of us who watched thirty of his games are a little biased. No, he was great in college. I'm not saying that that's not the case. I'm just saying there's a reason why he wasn't a first round talent. That's, that's that's all. And he's brilliant, and he runs the offense, and he's a good quarterback, and he's feisty and gritty, and better than a, Trey Lance. There's a well better than Trey Lance. There's a lot of good things to like about him, right? But the Vikings are almost more apt to lose to a team like the Cowboys than they are to lose to the Niners. <laughs> truthfully. So, because I think they could probably outgun the Niners. Um, so we'll see kind of what happens. But like I said, if the, if there was a year to do it, not to say that they will, because it's still the Vikings. But if there were a year to do it, this might be really the year that it could happen. So that's my take. So who's coming out of the NFC to meet the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? Yeah, the Falcons. I don't believe you. What, Desmond Ritter is not going to be the saving? Uh, I don't think you are sincere, sir. <laughs> Desmond Ritter is my dude, though. <laughs> I all the all the credit and power in the world to Mr. Ritter. That's a that's a tall. So task. I'm going to go. I'm going to. It's hard for me to choose, but I'm probably going. I'm leaning like 55% Niners, just because again, like team roster, everything. I think they should should have been in the Super Bowl last year. I think they had a better team than the Eagles did, but it's hard to win any game when you're playing with your fourth string, fifth right. string quarterback. Um, you know, I think the Eagles are going to take a step back. And the other thing that we got, we have to realize is that with the Eagles now, everybody knows who is on top and who is king, and who they're going after. I mean, you look at 
the Rams that happened a couple years ago, right? When you're the king, say you have a much tougher, you have a much tougher deal right. than everybody else. And so, you know, that's why it's so impressive to see what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do because he has been on top and he's only lost to one quarterback, really, which is nuts. But um, so I think that the Eagles st- take a step back. So, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to pick because I'm biased, but I'd go probably 55% Niners just because their roster is significantly better than the Vikings. But then I I would lean Vikings, and I think that they'll probably play in the NFC Championship game. And then at that point, I'm not. I'm not going to root for anybody. So, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was Niners Seahawks in that game too. Which kind of brings up the point, and we'll just put a bow on this here quick. I do have one quick trivia question. But you look at the division winners since we went to the current four divisions, so eight total, four per conference. The NFC has not had a single conference winner win each of the last three years. So if that makes sense, like the Packers won two and then the Vikings won one, the uh, NFC East has had a different winner each of the last four years. Compare that to the AFC, the Bills have won the last three. The Chiefs have won the last seven. Uh, A little bit more spread out with the North and the South, but even then, the Titans two, Jags won. The Bengals two, the Steelers won. So it feels like the AFC, once you ascend to the top, there's a little bit more consistency. You don't have the constant flux that you do in the NFC for whatever reason that is. The NFC seems to cycle through a lot more who's the David and who's the Goliath, who's the top dog, and who's the rebuild a lot more frequently than the AFC does. So it seems like the AFC may be a little bit safer to make your bets. Yeah, and I I think it's just more of because the AFC knows who's king and they know what they have to do to go after him. So they build teams to beat him. And uh, that's why you see coordinators change more often. You see coaches change more often. You just see a lot more change, even with the Chargers, right? I mean, they hired hired and fired a coach in two years because they they say, well, we can't beat the Chiefs this way, right? Even though they did, they didn't. They beat the Chiefs on the field. They didn't beat them right in the standings. And so, um, speaking of Kellen Moore, steeper, but uh, I just I think that's probably more so why. I mean, you look at Joey B and. And what he's able to do, teams, they're more, it's like the Alabama effect. Where it's like, if we can't, if we're not going to beat them, we got to find another way to beat them. And said, so, but you come into the NFL and in any football and you try change coaches so often, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard. So the three teams that are the most consistent are also the teams that have, you know, to kept their coaches the longest and the Bills, the Bengals and the Chiefs. So, so a quick uh, trivia game here. Of course. <laughs> it's, Here it's, we go. It's one question, one answer. Oh boy! Since we moved to the four divisions within each conference in okay. 2002, okay. AFC East, North, South, West. Fifteen of the sixteen current teams have won at least one divisional title. Who is the one team to not win a divisional title? Assuming this one website that I'm looking at is correct. Browns. God, look at you getting it on the first try. <laughs> the the Jets only have one, and that was the first year in 2002. Um, really. They yeah. were in the way were the, they were wild card when they made those two conference games. Well, there was a man known as Tom Brady who was in the way. Oh, shit. and then like that weird year two thousand eight that Brady got hurt and the Dolphins won. Didn't the Dolphins go from like one and fifteen to thirteen and three or something crazy? I don't remember. But the Bills hadn't won one till twenty twenty. Okay. Uh, the North they just kind of rotate between the other three. Like the Bengals pop up every couple of years. The West is, I mean, the Chiefs have it recently, but it's, I guess the Raiders only have won. The Raiders and the Jets won in 2002 and haven't won since. And then the South, weirdly the Colts have the longest drought in the South after dominating it in Peyton Manning's era. Jags have two, Titans have two, and Texans have four since the Colts last won the AFC South. The Texans have four? 
Yeah. They were good in the early part of the O'Brien Watson era. Okay. And I mean, yeah, JJ Watt there. So the defense was holding their own on the other side. And then that weird Blake Bortles year with the Jags when they should have been in the Super Bowl and blew it against the Patriots. Oh, nice. Two years of Derrick Henry and now the Trevor Lawrence era. So it's going to look like it did with the Patriots and Tom Brady. Trevor Lawrence for 15 years in Jacksonville. Let's go. <laughs> Never going to win a Super Bowl, though. <laughs> the, the the new Jim Kelly, the new Buffalo Bills. Never going to win a Super Bowl. Is Saxonville back? Saxonville. Name a Jacksonville defensive player. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Frick, I don't know. They all left. <laughs> they have good guys. They're just also super young. Yeah, but like uh, Jalen Ramsey was a was he a Jag? Yeah, I think he started there and because he but he was there when they were terrible. He's like, please get me out of here. Yeah, and then um, God, they had one guy that he ended up going to the Vikings, and then he only played Yannick there. Ngakwe. That's it. Yeah, so I think those guys had like they were part of that twenty or Ngakwe was part of that good twenty seventeen team, and they maybe had a. So Malik Collins, no, they had one guy who was good for the Broncos and then came over after he made the Super Bowl with the Broncos. And, they had, and then they had the one kid that was, uh, what was his name? He played for UCLA. It was like a Miles Jack. Jack. There we go. It was like a two-way player at UCLA. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so good. And then they lost. Yeah. But no, they've, they've got the other Josh Allen, Devin Lloyd, um, Trevon Walker, the first overall pick, Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco, Rayshon Jenkins. So a lot of young guys there. They just don't really have established names in the current defense so hopefully that changes hopefully that changes well we have definitely gone over our hour here so figure that out in the editing process but is there anything else in the nfl nfl football basically anything you want to get to in the sports world no i don't think so i think we're i think basketball season is about to start soon that's exciting there there is something that you guys never let me talk about because nobody else but me on the show cares about pro wrestling college football is has already started, so that's fun. Navy and Notre Dame. USC and San Jose State. Yeah. What about the Beavs getting a national TV game on Sunday of Labor Day weekends? Well, that happens when you have DJ Ugalele playing quarterback for you. Ui Ungalele. You know what I meant. I did like that they announced he's the starting quarterback. Like, yeah, of course he is. Was this was this a question? Did anybody ever assume otherwise? <laughs> um but uh, a bit of a somber note, I don't want to be a downer here. We'll try to pick this up before we end. Uh, also, the passing of Bob Barker at 99 years old. But I... You know, he made it one cent short of a dollar. Thank you. That was a good joke. <laughs> but uh, kind of a, a pro, uh, where I was going is professional wrestling is the one thing that these guys never let me talk about on the show because nobody else cares or follows it. But a very interesting week. We had the biggest wrestling gate in history with AEW's all-in show in London. I didn't watch the whole thing, but watching some of the highlights, some good, some bad, some overbooked nonsense, but some good moments there. But then also really just want to commemorate the lives and accomplishments of two people, Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, two kind of opposite ends of the wrestling spectrum. Terry Funk, the 80-year-old icon, one of the guys who can legitimately claim he's the best to ever do it, passed away. And then Bray Wyatt, a young guy, 36 years old, was kind of the next up-and-comer in WWE, if you like spooky, dark, haunting professional wrestling. Uh, a heart attack with some complications from COVID he'd contracted a while ago. So kind of a, a somber day in the professional wrestling world for those of us who care about that uh, part of the entertainment spectrum. Uh, so our thoughts and condolences with those two families. But can, uh, hopefully this plays over the mic, get some... Uh, Terry Funk theme music to play us out on this week's episode. There you go. 
See, you're getting into pro wrestling. Nope, but the music's good. A, a legitimate wild man, crazy cowboy outlaw from Amarillo, Texas, Terry Funk. Rest in peace. Oh. Anything else we need to touch on this week? Go Ducks. And go Ducks. Welcome to football. Football is here. We're happy to have it. And with that, we will see you next time. We thank you all for joining us. Keep your stick on the ice. Bye.